are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in uh, Luke chapter 4. We'll use that tonight, but it's our Lord's quoting from Isaiah 61. Let me read Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's the same in chapter 4, verse 18, 19, and 20. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek and hath sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our Lord to comfort all them that mourn. That verse is a little bit different in Luke. They mention one day, the first advent, they don't mention the second. We'll get to that in just a moment. I've been told that Billy Sunday, the great baseball player, Chicago Cubs, held the record for the fastest man around the bases for many, many years, decades. Billy Sunday was a drunk, he got saved, and over 1.5 million people walked the sawdust trail. Billy Sunday, we had his notes here one time, we had uh, his shaving kit here one time, we had some of his belongings for a pastor's conference, his clothing. He preached, I have a picture, many of you have seen it, where his foot is standing here and his other foot on the rail of the choir and he was standing between them. They say, I saw his notes, it would just say one, uh, for example, Jesus, two, Christ, three, God, whatever. Just had three points. And they'd say that Billy Sunday would preach, he'd slide like he was sliding into second base. But he'd come across and he'd see the word and he just took the word and just kept preaching on it. What a great preacher. He hated liquor. He uh, preached against liquor so very much and they dried it up. That song, Chicago, Chicago, there's a stanza in there about Billy Sunday could not dry Chicago up mocking him. Billy Sunday kept his Bible, I'm told, open to Isaiah 61 every time he preached his meetings. I don't know if that's true. I've just read it years ago. I remember the story. Because it's such a powerful verse. I love these verses that are before me today. And on this anniversary night, I want to introduce this text to you because it relates so much to us. Our Lord is beginning his public ministry. In chapter four, he has to go through the wilderness experience. He has to go through the temptation where the devil is trying to tempt him. He had to go through 40 days of hunger. He went through a very difficult, difficult, difficult time. But that difficult time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three were present. When he gets there, he returns, verse 14, and he returned to the, by the, uh, in the power of the Spirit. I, I want you to know that perhaps in these next two weeks, maybe the power of God is going to come on our lives like never before. And he's going to speak about that. I am going to seek the power of God in these next two weeks. I want to come back with more zeal and more fire and more touch of God on my life than I've ever had before. And Jesus returned the power of the Spirit in Galilee after the temptation, after the 40 days, after the wild beast, after all these difficulties. The touch of God Almighty, His Father, the Son, the Spirit was there. 
and, he, and, he, and his fame there went out throughout the region about. And he taught in their synagogue, being glorified in all. And he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. Oh, my goodness, to come back home. I remember for a season, 20 minutes from here, my pastor called me. I was saved under his ministry. He said, Jack, I believe God wants you to pastor this church. I said, oh, Pastor Smith, I'm pastoring North Valley Baptist Church. He said, you can do both. We had two Christian schools. We had two churches, two properties. And I remember that year, year and a half, forget what, how much it was. The night I was voted in to be the pastor, the building where I got saved was arson. God turned that curse into the blessing. We were able to clear off all the debts and all the past salary to the pastor. He was so good about it. And God used that. God knew what he was doing. God knew everything what he was doing. I remember those days preaching there Sunday morning, preaching here Sunday morning, there Sunday night, here Sunday night, there Tuesday night, here Wednesday night, there soul winning, back and forth, just all the things. And God was so good. But you go back to your own town, and they said he was not without, he wasn't with honor in his old town. They didn't want to hear him. And the Bible says he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. He took the preserved Old Testament, the word of God, Isaiah, and he begins to read the word of God. Jesus is revealing something to us on this anniversary eve. Tomorrow, 45 years ago. And here he shows us his mission, Isaiah's mission. And tonight I show you our mission. We have a mission for this church. And I want to speak this subject on this subject tonight. That's our mission. This is our mission. That's our mission. What is our mission? Well, the Bible says it. The Bible says in verse number 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Our mission is to make sure the Spirit of God is upon the preacher and the people. These, cheer, these seats need to be filled with people. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the, and if you were here, you'd say it, Spirit saith unto the churches. It ought to be that when we come to church on August the 2nd, if the Lord carries, you say, Spirit of God, my ear is open. Speak to me. It ought to be tomorrow morning when we get up that we say, God, speak to me. Deal with me. I don't want to gloom and doom this the second time around. The first time, shut down 12 weeks, and then we've been back in, and now we're back out. I don't want to walk in depression and live in depression. I've already planned on it. I'm going to be spending more time in prayer, more time alone with God, more time on the salt flats, more time in the cemetery, more time in prayer, more time at the night hour, the midnight hour, as he wakes me up to pray. I want to seek God, and I want to have the Spirit of God speak to me. Oh, how this church deserves a Spirit-filled preacher, and how this church deserves people sitting all over the place that are Spirit-filled our Lord said, uh, I'm quoting Isaiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Next Sunday, we're having Revival Sunday. 
We'll be preaching in an empty auditorium and Pastor Cooper will be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. I'll be here. I can hardly wait. I, I might run. I don't know what I'll do in this big old empty auditorium, but I'm praying that the breath of God, the touch of God is so powerfully upon him. We need to pray that the spirit of God, we have a Sunday school director here, Brother Reamers, oh, how he needs the touch of God. What to do with the Sunday school and the youth pastors here. And we have the, uh, the uh, bus director here. Oh, we need the touch of God, the spirit of God. Be not drunk with wine where it's excess, but be filled. That's a command with the spirit. May it be that our Filipino ministry, Brother, Brother Poussin, at our missions ministry, because of these two weeks when you're closed down again, God would move. Please, dear people, pray that God will move on his heart, how to lead us, how to guide us with our worldwide missions, how to lead us with the security, and how to lead us with the Filipino ministry, and how to lead us with all these buses and vehicles he's responsible for, and the maintenance and care, and the, the work on all of those things, the Spirit of God. But notice, secondly, when we think of our mission, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here it is, I love this. Because he's anointed me. Anointed. You recall Pastor Atwood when David was anointed. And they put the oil on it and said that we're separating you. I think of the men that we've ordained for the gospel ministry on anniversary Sunday through the years and the churches we've begun had always a big, we were praying earlier, we were always either dedicating men to full-time service, starting a church, uh, uh, groundbreaking a building, dedicating a building. But I think of how we've anointed so many, what is that, to, to set you aside for a specific duty and task. God, God wants to give us some anointing boys and girls, Brother Russ, right now. I'm praying this week, as I've been praying and thinking about this today and this week, that God wants to anoint anew and afresh some young boys that have grown up or are growing up in your youth ministry. I don't mean to be, uh, to point anybody out, but I was, I was just so overwhelmed this morning. I looked here and I saw many young boys uh, seniors in high school, juniors, freshmen in Bible college out of your ministry kneeling this morning. Maybe that's a prelude. Maybe the second round, of, uh, uh, round because God is gonna speak and move on their hearts and they're gonna find themselves, I was anointed, I was separated for a specific job when the second phase came and we were shut down again and I was watching at home and I heard on our anniversary Sunday, God did something. He anointed me for the mission field. He anointed me to be a preacher's wife. He anointed me to go to a city and be a youth pep. God anointed me. I tell you what our mission is. The Spirit of God. I tell you what our mission is. To be anointed for God. I tell you what our mission is. He anointed me to, three times he talks about preaching here. One, preach the gospel to the poor. Why the poor? Because quite often we overlook the poor. We can say like in the book of James, you come here, rich man, you sit here in this good place. That's where we want you. Poor man, you go back there. Poor people have nothing to offer us. And rich people do. And by the way, 
I've never criticized rich people because this ministry has flourished because people that God has blessed with the gift of giving have poured their lives into this place like no other church I've ever heard of. But he said, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel's the good news. Our mission is let's get that gospel preached, Kerouk, to lift our voice, to herald, to speak with authority. We don't back up, no, but we preach the gospel to the poor. Secondly, he says about preaching, preach deliverance to the captives. Oh, how many people are captives tonight? Doesn't it burden you, as I said this morning, that suicide is up with this virus? Domestic violence is up. Neglect of children is, 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 a, is overwhelming at this point, what's happening. Doesn't that bother us? There are so many people that are captives. Drug activity, just on the report yesterday and today, drug activity is at a high right now where people are giving themselves over to drugs. Isn't it amazing how many are captives because of Satan? This stuff of looting and destroying buildings and hurting people and destroying, that, that has nothing to do with the cause. That is satanic. That is anti-Bible. Love thy neighbor as thyself. It's rebellion against God. One, we're to preach the gospel to the poor. We're to preach deliverance to the captives. And look what he says in verse number 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. I said that in the book of Isaiah 61, 2, he has this accepted day of the Lord and the day of vengeance. There's two. Day one is the day of grace, the acceptable year when Jesus came and he has now preached to those that were lost. He brought grace. But the day of vengeance is the day of judgment that is still coming. Oh, there may be small judgments, and I think we're under a judgment right now. Pestilence. I was reading again this past week how that in that great tribulation, God is going to rain down vengeance on this place. And so he's telling us too, there's a day of grace and there's a day of judgment. And that is our job to preach the gospel of grace, but it's our job to tell also that judgment is coming. You've listened well, kids, you're on the couch. Will you bear with me just a few more moments? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, one. That's our mission, get the Spirit of God. He hath anointed me, that's our mission, to preach three things, the gospel to the poor, and to preach deliverance to the captives, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's go up and finish up verse number 18. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. A doctor can take a bone that's broken and out of joint and out of place, and a doctor can set that bone. But a doctor has no ability to mend a broken heart. A broken bone, yes, but only God can mend a broken heart. 
I think in our region here, and you dear pastors are listening, your region there, I think of how many widows and widowers are at home tonight alone and sad. I think how many poor people are there wondering how am I gonna pay the rent or how am I gonna get the food or how am I gonna raise these children without my husband or my children without my wife. I wonder how many mothers tonight are burdened because my son who knows better is laying in some gutter in some city and I have no idea where he is, oh dear God. My heart is so broken tonight. There's many a lady that's that way tonight. There's many of a father that's brokenhearted tonight. That's why, that's why tonight the bus ministry, I'm so glad God buried the bus ministry in my heart. The bus ministry is caring for little boys and little girls and teenagers and mothers and dads and elderly people as well, the brokenhearted. He says to heal not only the brokenhearted, but to take sight to the blind. In our region here, there's a lot of folks, many people sitting behind doors tonight, they're just blind. They can't see. Once I was blind, but now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. And then he said, to give liberty to the bruised. The bruised, there's so many bruised people today. That's our mission. That's our mission tonight. I'm not saying it's an easy life for you dear folks, for any of us. Or the man that was used so greatly with the great awakening in America and shook two continents was a man that was four foot ten. He was a little man. He was a very weak man physically. His name was John Wesley. It is said of John Wesley that his wife, and here's the words, was a wretched woman. And as they came to the end of a long ministry of his, she was even more wretched. They said she was a strong woman. He was four foot ten, very weakly. And she would grab John Wesley by his hair. And he, they were seen, in, uh, he was seen many times, she was dragging him through the house, cursing him. They said she never went to hear him preach, but the few times she'd go to hear him preach, she went to heckle him and scoff him and to mock him. John Wesley had a mission. And he let nothing deter him from that mission. And I, I forget right now, I want to say he lived 83 years, which was a long time then. But they said of John Wesley, he could preach to be heard two miles away when he preached as he thundered the word of God. John Wesley said, that his task was to fulfill this verse, these verses here. And tonight, I don't know what God's gonna do in your life and my life in these next few weeks while we're shut down, but he's gonna do something. I'd like to be able to say, speak, Lord. 
for thy servant here. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.